0: So you are an introvert and the only one at your workplace. Imagine being in an office, which is surrounded by extroverts. and You are the only one in between sticking out like a sore thumb. What do you do? How do you make yourself heard? Do even people notice you or they just pass you by as if you did not exist or worse, do they just look through you as if you don't exist? And so if you find yourself in such a situation, how do you be more visible, given the fact that in this day and age, if you're not visible, your history, you would need to showcase your work and beat your own drum, without which just turning up to work doesn't help at all. So let's dive into this episode and find out what would you do if you think you are an introvert surrounded in in an extrovert world. Hello and welcome to Bus Talk, a podcast about your work-life balance or the lack thereof, where we do simple talk in the world of complex commentary, the life around work and sundry. It's for those who need support in strife, stuck in the traffic of work life, hoping to find a method to the madness, joy in sadness clarity in confusion and sanity in this commotion. Welcome to Bus Talk. Before I dive in, quick couple of disclaimers. I'm not a medical practitioner, I'm not a qualified doctor and I'm no psychologist either, right? I simply share some of the experiences of people management. Having managed people over multiple years, I have found out that broadly, especially in a sales environment, it was quite evident that there are two broad buckets of people. One, who were the extroverts and two, who were the introverts. Now, I'm talking about those who are the introverts. And I won't go into the definitions of either because I guess there is enough commentary that you've already aware of or already know about. But within introverts, what are the four types of That are broadly observed, and if you do identify yourself as in one of those categories, what do you do about it? Both as a leader and as a team member, because you are also a team member if you are a leader somewhere else, right? So, either ways. So, where do we begin? First up, as a leader, the first thing that you need to keep in mind if you're a leader of a team of, say, 10 people, 20 people, your direct reports, let's just keep it at that, because you wouldn't have a direct control over your skip levels, right? So these are for those set of people managers who have a direct team reporting into them, say a five member or an eight member, usually that's the span of control. The thing that you need to know upfront is that all five fingers are not same. And so in your team, you might have an introvert. A lot of the hiring will also depend on who you are as a leader, Are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? If you are an introvert, then you most likely would have hired people similar to you or who you felt comfortable interacting with. And therefore, you hired those people. And of course, skill sets are important and relevant work experience is important and all of those boxes. But the final decision was because of your level of comfort with this person. And if you are an introvert, chances are you would have given a preference to an introvert and if not then you would have hired an extrovert so so one difficult quality for a leader to have is to be neutral so that your introvertedness or extrovertedness does not influence the set of people that you're hiring if you are an extrovert it's not necessary that you hire all extroverts if you are an introvert it's not necessary that you hire all introverts A good mix of introverts and extroverts will give you a lot of learning. It will be a fascinating, complementing skill set team to have. But for that, you need to be mentally very secure, very sure what dominant personality type are you. Keep that aside and then look at the team that you have and then decipher between them how many are introverts and how many are extroverts. Assuming that extroverts are easy to identify, let's focus on the introverts. Within the introverts, there are typically the four types. Think of rats, restrained, anxious, thinking, and the social types. The restrained ones are the ones who do not respond much. They are typically slow in their gait and approach. They think a lot. They are very cautious and guarded. If you ask them a simple question, So what do you think about your forecast for the quarter? And they might go, let me get back to you or not even answer directly. You know, they might have a pause for about 30 seconds. They recalibrate, reassess, think about everything, and then come up with a very monosyllabic response. It doesn't mean that they are bad salespeople. Bear in mind, I've seen enough examples and instances where people who have done terribly at interviews but have been fabulous in customer engagement. I just don't know how that works. You have to see beyond their immediate, if you know what I'm saying. The restrained person is always thinking, and you are an extroverted manager, you might get impatient very quickly and dismiss this person off as an incompetent resource which might not be the case at all. Remember, you as a leader have to see beyond what meets the eye. So now you're thinking, how do I deal with a restrained person? If I have a person who falls under the restrained introvert category, how do I handle such people? Well, a simple answer is take their forecasts separately. You might not want to have a group discussion with them. If required, have a separate word with them or... Ideally, if you could speak to them before the meeting, that would help as well. It would give them some time to calibrate, to think through. And so by the time they appear on the Monday morning 9am call, forecast call or business review call... They're already prepared with it. Number two, the anxious types. They are typically the fidgety ones. They get impatient. They don't express much, but there's a ton of things going on in their minds and they get nervous when around people. Unfortunately, these people do not always make for great salespeople, but sometimes their nervous energy adds to their efficiency levels, if you will. So it's important that you, as a leader, recognize that there are or there could be a set of introverts who are the anxious types and they need to be treated a little differently to the previous ones, the restrained ones. The anxious ones could easily be rattled, ruffled. Think of a typical quarterly business review, and you know they are standing in between four people looking at them. Or the management is focusing on them and they could get very rattled and get anxious and they would even forget they would even forget the basics, what probably they know on the top of their head. So do not be judgmental with such people. Don't write them off. Their anxiety is something which you cannot perhaps handle at work or solve for the root cause. But you can be an empathetic leader, you can be a good boss and say, look, buy the extra time and sensitivity from your peers in management that when we are dealing with such people, we need to address them a little differently. That's being socially more acceptable. Inclusivity is also part of this mental makeup, if you will. That also shows the maturity of your management that you are not only dealing with one category or one type of alpha males, if you will, but you have sensitive and sometimes even anxious set of introverts who are equally good resources. Bear in mind, do not mix a poor performance with anxiety because these are two different traits, right? If somebody has done poorly owing to a lack of effort, that is unpardonable, that is independent of the fact that the person is an introvert or an extrovert or ambivert or what have you. I am specifically speaking about those people who are good resources but have a trouble in expressing themselves publicly in front of people. And so it is incumbent upon us as leaders to make them feel more welcome, more inclusive, more comfortable and make a conducive environment so that they can actually come into their own and somewhere along the way, play a part in helping them blossom, if you will. And it's a very fulfilling experience, I can tell you, out of personal experience, when you help an introvert, handhold them at one point and make them stand up on their own feet. Not that they cannot do it by themselves, but as a leader, it's important that you identify the need to help your team member when they're most needed. And so the anxious types are the tricky ones, which you need to identify and handle with care. The third types are the thinking types. These are typically those who are in their own worlds. They have created their own avatar world, if you will. And they have a vivid imagination and they think a lot. And so they often might come across as less interested or ignorant. And here you are giving your most passionate speech, quarter ending pep up talk and this guy goes completely blank on you and you're like oh my god did I really hire this person and it's very easy to again bracket them or bucket them into a fact that these are non-responsive dull kind of people which is not really the case again bear in mind this is a common thread you will keep hearing this from me that how someone fares in their business or in their performance is basis multiple factors And one cannot directly correlate introversion with their performance, good or bad, either of them. So always remind yourself. So this, the third type, the thinking type, who are typically lost in their own internal worlds, but you have to somewhere snap them out, not rudely. And on the other hand, try to use their particular character trait as an advantage Put them in some creative projects where they need to be left alone and maybe design a campaign calendar for the year or maybe they had to design a digital marketing campaign, for example. Or they could do a sales theme. Somebody needs to think through the entire sales theme, sales contest for the month, for the quarter. These people do a great job because they think very deep and very far. So horses for courses, really figure out how you can leverage with what you have. The final type, the fourth type is the social type. Now the social types are those kind of introverts who are very comfortable with their circle of trust. Their circle of trust typically usually is a set of three people or four people at best. The moment they get into a larger group, suppose you are a leader who has a 50 member team and you have one such individual, she might not feel or he might not feel very comfortable mixing with the larger group in general. They are best managed, best handled when they develop a sense of trust with their close confidants, if you will. Again, these are very good resources within themselves. So keep reminding yourself that, assess them, basis that. And sometimes if you are not able to get through to them, assuming that you're an extrovert leader and you have this social introvert of a teammate or a colleague, if you want to get through, sometimes it helps to get through via media, through their close confidants. Send in a word, put in a word, speak to them in a non-threatening environment, talk to them in a cafeteria peacefully where they can express themselves, get there two or three people along. I know this could be a little cumbersome on us, sustainability standpoint but you know over time when they start to include you in their circle of trust that's when you've done a good job there's nothing more fulfilling when you as a leader become a part of someone's trusted network and you will then of course put yourself under immense pressure to live up to an additional expectation as it is your leader so the people do tend to look up to you and ...do think of you as someone they can trust and who's in charge of their lives and their careers. But if you are a leader of an introvert group, that in my view requires an additional degree of sensitivity... ...which you might need to develop for these set of people. And Once you do that, you go on to become a more stronger leader, a more complete leader you know, leading one type of people and being successful is not a 360 degree player in my view. A 360 degree player has the ability to understand the different categories of people around them and take the team collectively upwards and onwards. And so in this segment, I will share the point of views from an individual capacity. So if you identify yourself as an introvert. And within that, Either you are restrained or anxious or thinking or social. These are the four broad categories that we spoke about, right? So what is it that you do? How do you handle it? How do you manage it? Without getting too scientific about it, a simple way to deal with such situations is that identify the priority that needs to get done. The question that I always ask my manager, my management during all my tenures is, What constitutes a good job? For example, in your appraisals, in your one-on-ones, ask them, boss, what constitutes a good job end of the year? What are the five things or three things that I need to do? Which you will say, if you have done these A, B, C, D, then that equals a good job. And don't let them simplify it and say, just do your revenue or just write these many lines of code or whatever. Go down, double-click, triple-click. Once you know what constitutes a good job, as long as you keep doing those four things, those five things, nobody should be able to question your performance. It does not matter how you get to the end result. Of course, from a, assuming that you're doing it the right way and ethical way and all that, but it really doesn't matter which path you take to get to the end result. As long as all the milestones are met on course to that path, And you are very clear that here are the five things that I need to do to be able to be called a good employee, a good resource. And this is something that you should know from day zero. In fact, day minus 30 is when you are interviewing. That is when you've got to ask these questions that at the end of the year, how will I be reviewed? And if that is something that is not comfortable to you, the process is not comfortable, if, if the expectations are not comfortable, then maybe that's a role you should not accept in the first place. Right. So if you have accepted it, then you be very clear that I need to be very good in these three things, in these five things and figure out your own little time and space. And I know being an introvert, you will have a lot of time and space in your mind. And whenever you get such times on your way back to work, on your way to work, find out what the flow of the team is and be prepared before the meeting happens. One of the best things that you can do is you know that there is a pattern towards a typical week, month or a quarter. Come Mondays, there will be a forecast call. Come quarter ends, there will be a business review. Don't wait till the penultimate day to prepare for your interview, for your review, for your presentation. Prepare well in advance. Go through it. Record yourself. Watch yourself in the mirror you have to come across that you are able to deliver what you've been expected to deliver. And that's a fair ask. Think of it like a traffic, right? Think of the fact that you're driving on the road and the average car going in the road is, say, 100 miles an hour. If you drive 60 miles an hour, you will have a problem. If you drive 120 miles an hour, you will also have a problem. So somewhere you've got to identify how close you can get to be at around the 100 miles an hour, which is what everyone else is doing. And there's no harm in seeking help. Seek a mentor, seek a friend, confidant, whoever has earned your trust, speak to them that how do you make this work? No matter how silly or simple or easy it might be for them, it might not be for you. But it's okay to ask and break down those situations into small achievable parts. And give you an example you have a Monday morning forecast call at 9 o'clock. Sunday evening, 7 o'clock, get your Excel sheet ready. Take down some notes against each account. If you're on target, why are you on target? It doesn't absolve you, right? Just to be clear, just because you're confident of meeting forecast doesn't mean you, you won't be asked any questions. Chances are that you might not be asked, but you should be prepared for some questions. That is that happening by design or is it just a fluke? Sunday evening, 7 o'clock, get down the list of your 10 accounts for the week that will close the 10 accounts that you will follow up and the 10 accounts that you thought would close the last week but did not. And I'm just generalizing it to give you the framework. You can edit, modify, add to whatever that works best for you. But by and large, go down to this level of tactical detail that if I have five accounts that are expected to close this week? Why would they close? Why would they not close? And what are you going to do about it? If there is an objection, what are the three things that you have lined up to do? And that's the part of the thinking that one has to do anyways whether you are at work or you are not at work. Businesses require you to think about your work and you being an introvert, that's a blessing in disguise for you that you get to think a lot. And so use or channelize this thought process into constructive, tactical points. You know, you have such an advantage that you will be the most well-thought person on that conference call or on that meeting because you would have preempted a lot of questions. For example, If three accounts were to close next week, you know, the prompt question would be, how are you so sure? Then before that question is asked, you've already thought through that objection or that query. And you say, look, here are the three trigger points why they will have to buy this week and not the week after. And if you have another objection that despite this, if the deal does not close, here is my plan B, here is my plan C, here are the two other accounts and activities that I'm planning to do to ensure that in case that primary account does not come in this week, I at least have two more accounts to go after. It automatically preempts so much of immediate objections, but it also gives the impression to your management that you are a thinking person. You are invested in the business. You are someone who wants to do well and therefore you are securing yourself to the best of your ability. And that is always a good sign of a resource that at least I'd like to promote in the long run. And so by all means, use your introvert thought process, your introvert traits as an advantage, your mind as an advantage. And that's by far the most powerful thing that you can ever imagine. And once you develop that trust along with your teammates, you will find yourself in a much better and happier space. Chances are you will be part of that organization or the team for a long time to come because you don't like change but because you've developed that kind of trust between your teammates and those are the relationships that go well beyond the time that you have worked together so let me leave you with these three things to keep in mind and no pun intended there number one your thought process is your advantage number two channelize your thoughts into one specific direction yes you have three hundred and fifty thousand thoughts Try channelizing 30 of them in one direction, one direction at a time, and you will see much better results. And finally, number three, be two steps ahead. Prepare well in advance. Give yourself the benefit of time in advance. Spend an additional hour, wake up an hour earlier or sleep an hour later, whatever that works, but give yourself that additional time to prepare well for the next day and then circle back and leave a feedback for me. Tell me how you felt differently, you felt the same, nothing changed or a lot of it changed. Leave me a message on my social media handles or on an email and I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedbacks on what you were doing to cope up with your mind. 2021 is already here. So I wish you guys a great year ahead. I know you've had a tough 2020. We all have had a tough 2020. But remind yourself, like I've said this in the previous episodes as well you are headed for a bull run, 21 to 29, until shit hits the fan again in 2030, we'll deal with it then. But in the interim, you will have a good time ahead. And so, I begin this season 2. If you've not heard season 1, please go and listen to the episodes on podpage.com slash talk. That's P-O-D, D for Denmark, P-O-D-P-A-G-E. That's podpage.com forward slash talk. B-A-S-T-A-L-K. Once you go there, you will have all the first season episodes listed, one below the other. Share, subscribe, review, and give me some feedback if you liked it, lumped it, bouquets and brickbats, all welcome. You can also reach me on my Twitter handle, G-Y-A-N-B-A-N, that's hashtag Gyanban, and same goes for... Facebook and/or send me an email, gyanba double n, there are two n's, gyanban at gmail.com. There is an option to leave a voice message as well. If you go onto the pod page website, you will see an icon. You can click on that and leave me a voice message. It'll come to me quicker, faster, sooner, and I'll be able to include your comment, questions, or doubts that you might have in subsequent episodes. On that note, I wish you again a fabulous year ahead. Stay well, stay safe, and get your A-game to work. This is your host, A.B., and you were listening to Bus Talk. Peace out.